Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. Today, I am joined by Jeanette Song, who is the R. David Thomas Professor of Business Administration and Professor of Operations Management at Duke University, and Jordan Tong, the Wisconsin Naming Partners Professor and Associate Professor in the Department of Operations and Information Management at the Wisconsin School of Business. Jeanette and Jordan, thank you so much for, for joining me on this podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having Thanks us. For having us. Well, so we're going to be talking about a number of different things, I think, including mostly we're going to be talking about uh, uh, scenario planning. Uh, We're going to be talking about demand planning, supply chain risk and resilience. And, you know, the thing that everyone's talking about these days, black swan events. Uh, But before we get started, uh, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe your journey so far. Uh, Jeanette, can we start with you? Oh, yeah, I. um, So I got my Ph.D. from Columbia Business School studying uh, operations management and operations research. And then I, I taught at the U.S. University of California, Irvine and Columbia University uh, before joining in Duke. And uh, uh, so my primary research and uh, teaching uh, interests are in operations management and supply chain management. Great. Great. Uh, Jordan? Sure. I'm um, so I've actually I did my PhD at Duke University and actually Jeanette uh, is my advisor um, and I graduated in 2012 and then I joined the Wisconsin School of Business um, after that and I've been teaching uh, supply chain management operations management uh, analytics I uh, helped launch the master's in business analytics program here a couple of years ago um, and my research is uh, in supply chain management models and also in uh, psychology of decision making. Um, so um, that's my background. The psychology of decision making. I think you definitely have a lot to research now during these la- this last mm, year, huh? That's right. <laughs> we do. This has definitely been an interesting year for, for, for everyone. Um, I've got a bunch of questions for you. I mean, I'm obviously... Um, because if we think about it, this has been a really difficult year for a lot of supply chain practitioners. You know, they've been, uh, a lot of industries have been hit very hard. There's a lot of disruption, not just with COVID, but we're talking about, uh, you know, global semiconductor shortages, logistics issues, uh, the Suez Canal issue, you know, should I go on and on tariffs? Uh, it's a, it's a scary and exciting year for supply chain, uh, professionals all around. Um, Now, in 2016, you wrote a paper about how to deal with random demand surges, like the ones companies have been experiencing during the pandemic, uh, you know, where demand is elevated and supply hasn't been able to keep up. Can you tell our audience what inspired your research in this area at the time? Um, I can talk first. So um, I started to think about this, the, the random surge um starting 2008 when i was uh, visiting china and there was a massive earthquake in sichuan province uh so it's called the, the great sichuan earthquake when earthquake in happened um it's uh, 2008 about the, this time may 12th yeah. and that killed 69,000 people and uh, it's, it's a massive uh, um, a disruption. And then I was, uh, I attended a government panel discussion about the um, disaster relief 
um, actions and planning. I, I was there and uh, I was thinking, I have been studying inventory management and uh, supply chain management for many, many years, but I never had a specific model just to talk about the disruption, um, mm -hmm. like, uh, like uh, this massive surge of demand. So, so that put me into uh, things I was thinking. I was listening to government officials talking about their uh, planning strategies. Uh, mostly they talk about stockpiles. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, those are, yeah, you, you need a strategic planning locations and also the, uh, the amount, uh, you know, the, the medical, device, medical devices, medical supply, canned food, battery, all of these um, canned. Um, yeah, those are very, very important, but it's so hard to plan and it's so expensive. You know, you have to have so many uh, critical items in place, but you never know how uh, how much is needed. You know, this is you you never know this earthquake. Yeah, if earthquake happens, if a, a flood happens, now, what's the magnitude and and how long it lasts? So no matter how much you plan ahead, um, you can um, for sure not um, not meeting the demand. Right. Mm -hmm. So because you, you don't know the duration and the magnitude. So um, so I was thinking uh, one thing is that you stay there. Also, you may not may, maybe you 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 kept an item for a year. Never things happened. And then like medical um, uh, supplies, then they may expire. Right. And, and uh, food, uh, all of that. So I was thinking stockpile is not um it's not going to be sufficient uh, it's not enough of an answer it, it's not enough of an answer right so it's just that you you need the complementary resources such as uh capacity or such a, and also you, you you want to make these um uh stock even for stockpile you you want to put it into a flexible use so there is certain uh, you you may put into circulating, you know, not just stay, stay stable there for a year. You may circulate with a regular demand. Um, so so I was thinking about this, but I I uh, I had uh, scheduled the teaching and also other researches. Um, so I didn't get around to look into this until the next summer and Jordan was the first year PhD student and uh, looking for a summer project. So I, I suggested Jordan, <laughs> I said, this is very important. Let's uh, uh, look at it. So Jordan started to look at the literature and we started. So um, Jordan and I not only just um, uh, wrote this paper, but also another paper, also just about the stockpiles and how do you connect with multiple locations uh, uh, to, to manage this more effectively. effectively. And so where did you find Jordan? So, oh, so that, <clears throat> and that project we were um, thinking about uh, um, situations like uh, Johnson & Johnson has to, con or contracts with the government to maintain certain levels of drugs and other kinds of things. Um, so uh, um, we were trying to think, how do they do this um, more effectively? And um, so the main motivation for them 
um, is that they have to keep a certain amount of inventory, but they need to, um, um, but they can cycle through it, right, to keep it fresh. Um, and that is uh, costly, but uh, we found if you can uh, set up your information system to keep that inventory in different locations <clears throat> around your different distribution centers, you can use it to sort of hedge against the fluctuations of demand at the different locations. Um, so that inventory is serving dual purpose, right? You're hedging against some large scale rare event, but also hedging against sort of the small scale fluctuations that you see um, amongst your different uh, distribution centers. So this was more of a idea um, <clears throat> paper to try to propose different ways that we can um, sort of reduce the cost of these expensive stockpiles, right? For these rare events. And, and what has been the opinion so far? I mean, have you, I'm sure you've discussed it with a number of different people in, you know, in the field. Uh, have there been any comments on it, uh, observations so far, um, Jeanette? Yeah, I think they actually do this. You know, um, I, I talked to some government officials for uh, responsible disaster planning, and they do actually uh, practice what we, we discussed in the paper. Um, so in to, to a certain extent, and our paper, as Jordan mentioned, it's uh, also um, used, yeah, like Johnson Johnson, right? So government would uh, contract Johnson Johnson for certain disaster uh, relief items, okay, like medical supplies. And then uh, they would, uh, um, they would uh, specify a red line for, for all their warehouses or stores. So below this red line, you should not use it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, so that's just dedicated for su supply. But, but each, each pharmacist, each store warehouse, they have a um, regular demand. Um, and then, uh, however, at any time uh, point, it's not a, a, a location you need all that red line. And then if there's some, some disaster happens or there is a random demand, so you can, you can uh, dynamic adjust the, the, the red lines, as long as the system, the total red lines add up, uh, satisfy the, uh, the emergency stock. And then in, um, so I talked with the Chinese, uh, the, the Chinese practitioners, and then in their uh, supermarkets, men warehouses, they all have these like food items, like canned food and other things. They all have similarly. The, uh, these things. So, uh, what our contribution is now, you have a um, you have uh, advanced the information technology. Now you can mm -hmm. do this much. You share this information, share the regular demand, and also the red line movement um, uh, reallocation much faster. So is that, is that through the use of things, you know, new technology like uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, that kind of thing? Right, and then also just connect to the information in the system. So you know uh, where you could move the red line higher or lower uh, because of the random demand happening in some other places. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's take it back a little bit to scenario planning and uh, uh, black swan events because the premise of scenario planning is kind of, I guess like we make decisions in everyday life. We take information that we've, we've known from the past in order to make decisions uh, and take, and. Uh, and, and decide on how we proceed moving forward. But black swan events by their very nature are events that we've never seen before. Um, so how do you account for the black swan events in situations like this? 
Um, so maybe I will pick a, a first. Um, there is a, a lot of uh, criticism for lean nowadays. It says, well, uh, because because the um, companies practice lean, so they don't keep uh, they don't keep uh, enough inventory, and then therefore when the black swan event happens, they don't have supplies. Um, uh, but I, I think this is very biased. They um, they only talk about the uh, one of the results of the, the well surf on the surface. Lean says you don't keep a lot of safety stocks, but the um, the success of a lean that um, originated from from uh, Toyota production systems. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is because they uh, eliminated the many uh, many elements that you need uh, you need inventory. So they firstly limited that, and then they, therefore they can keep inventory low enough to satisfy the regular demand. So one of these things for them is the um, everything is specified in the in the great detail, the procedures mm -hmm. and the, if this is, if random things happen, so who to respond, and if this thing need, where do I find? So there's a very clear pathway. Um, and uh, uh, so very standard procedure. So I think, um, so for, for uh, the su successful companies and to, um, to respond to black event, black swan event is you need this. You need um, a very good connection and information system and also the deployable resources. They don't have to stay idle just for you know, in the future, something may happen, but they are, they have their productive activities every day, but they're on call. You know, mm -hmm. if you have something uh, happened, then you know which plant you can convert to produce, say, masks, right? So you, you know, uh, you know, there, you have a good relationship with the manufacturers in certain regions, in every region, you have a, um, possible potential supplies and then you keep a relationship with them, or it either yours or uh, related suppliers. Uh, once you know these, and then um, you can convert them. You know, you can convert them. Uh, so this is a uh, uh, it, it's just like um, um, uh, information, really the pathway. Okay, when yeah. this happens, who I call, and which supplier I contact. Okay, right, in, right. inside of a company and outside the company. Inside the company, who is responsible for this kind of stuff? And this person who should know which region, which, which um, facility we need to um, activate. Jordan, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting when you talk about black swan events as, oh, you can't predict them. So. Uh, and that makes you feel like maybe you can't prepare. But you know, as we talked about, you're asking about this paper. This paper we started in 2008, right? Um, and it's not as though rare events haven't happened before. Um, so I, I actually think one of the approaches that we take in this paper, um, one, it, or one of the contributions here is maybe not is maybe more in the approach that just because something is uh, rare. Um, and inherently unpredictable doesn't mean you can't try to quantify or make it concrete and prepare for it. So uh, if you look at sort of the details of our approach, it's that um, 
you concretely write down um, many, many different kinds of surges that you might face. So even though you don't know what's going to happen, you, you write down tons of what we call sample paths. Um, and so, and, and the idea here is that just because you don't know what happens, you can still try to be concrete and quantify these kinds of surges that you might face. And um, I think that, uh, you know, so touching on some of my other research, part of why we, uh, uh, some of the consensus of why we um, underestimate risk is that we don't think through enough scenarios. Um, our tendency is to be lazy, right? Only think of a few scenarios. And actually, so if you talk to, I talk to an executive at, uh, you know, even in risk management from BlackRock and, and, you know, these professionals are trying to train to force themselves to think of 20 outcomes every time they sort of think of a risk management strategy. Now, you know, COVID-19 is not going to appear if you think of 20 outcomes. <laughs> so, right, so I think this is sort of our, our tendency is to not think through enough, but just because it's a black swan doesn't mean you can't prepare for, have a better preparedness strategy for different kinds of rare events. And especially once you start to write down many, many types of surges that you might face, um, I, I think you will be better prepared, right? Uh, I, th I think if there's anything good that's come out of COVID is the fact that maybe now we take the possibility of black swan events more seriously. Uh, whereas before it was just one of those, like you say, you could have 20, 20 scenarios and COVID or something like this was not in it. Uh, now, I think we're prepared. I, I don't know if I'm being optimistic, but I think we're probably a little bit more prepared for um, disruption ahead. Um, you, you talked a little bit about technology. Is there any particular technology that you're excited about uh, for the future um, with regard that maybe fits in line with some of the findings from your paper? <clears throat> um, let's see. So I think there uh, you know, technology is exciting, um, but maybe I would start by saying that, uh, you know, technology helps you do things. It doesn't tell you to do things usually. <laughs> so, uh, I, Jordan, instance, you hit the nail on the head. That's one uh, of the things I love talking about. You're absolutely right. It's not there to, it's a means to an end, right? It's not there right. to solve your problem. It, it's on top of good processes, <clears throat> right? Right. And so I, I think what we're finding now, is it's, it's, you know, part of the problem is not that you don't have the technology to do something. It's more that you didn't think to prepare. Right. So um, in our, you know, I, I, so in my master's program, we have simulate, you know, we teach people how to do simulation and uh, they could easily code in Python, some sort of um, scenario planning, right? What would you do in each type of situation? And maybe do some optimization as to how to back out what kind of plan you might want, but I, I don't think, you know, companies were not assigning these kinds of tasks to their data science teams, right? Um, so I think we have the technology to sort of run these kind of simulations and scenarios, but it's more the spending the effort and the initiative to try to do them. So that being said, there are uh, some technologies I think that are gonna be important. Um, so for instance, um, with, I, I saw like, uh, in Wisconsin, for example, like the, when we ran out of PPEs, um, right, we needed to uh, launch some kind of marketplace for us to see, you know, as people are trying to do local production of PPEs, to see, to find, to connect the information to each other, right, to find um, who has the right supplies and can you, you know, where is all these things located? And I think those things, as you sort of, those technologies, uh, are critical to be able to 
you know, share the right information at the right time in a, in a responsive fashion. And, and I think a lot of these technologies of surrounding information sharing are, are going to are very important for, um, you know, assessing these, these big events where you have to do a, a lot of things really fast. Um, yeah, Jeanette, do you have anything you yeah. wanted to add? No, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so uh, along those lines, right? So it's just now uh, you can collect so much data, and then you have the um, you have the capacity of the cloud to store those data, and um, so more and more companies can afford to um, to store you know the past event. So uh, in one of the uh, uh, innovation in our model uh, compared to. Uh, the previous academic literature is we say, we assume, well, you have this database. Now you collect the past event, say, say earthquake, the China earthquake, say the Japan's tsunami, um, say, um, uh, say uh, Sandy uh, hurricane, uh, Katrina hurricane, right? So uh, where, you know, so what is the magnitude? Um, uh, how, what's the trajectory? of mm -hmm. this disaster, how long it is. It's a peak, late, gradually peaking or suddenly peak um, and uh, or some were fluctuating, right? So you have all these sample paths or, or these events and then you can classify them too. You can classify them. Are these the natural disaster or man-made or some other structural um, things? So, um, so you have this data, and um, uh, so um, that gives you the um, you know the uh, the source for analytical um, mm -hmm. analytical forecasting or scenario forecasting, and then those will help you to do the the right planning, and uh, uh, also now. Um, you know, with the the technology where sensor, the Internet of Things, with a lot of embedded sensor, you could also learn much more dynamically, collect new information to update your belief or uh, the next uh, um, next step in the evolution. But equally, so long as that's coupled with solid processes, wanting to you know wanting to look at your risk factors uh, and 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 all of that, like you just said. Um, just briefly, uh, I guess maybe as a last question, what advice would you give to supply chain leaders now that are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with regards to COVID and may become complacent, uh, you know, for uh, preparing for the future? Jordan, um, you want to take first? <laughs> sure. So I, I, I think, um, you know, I think now is the so right. So if you, I, I think I was talking to when we were starting this paper. Um, I was talking to some higher level executives, actually in semiconductor industry, and they said, you know, the things that part of the motivation of this paper is that the things that keep them up uh, at night is not sort of the quarterly day to day, quarterly monthly day to day fluctuations um, in their demand, but the big events that are going to make or break their company, right? And uh, what we're seeing now is that um, this is sort of the opportunity for uh, us, like, you know, only in response to these rare events do people sort of have the motivation to gear up and prepare for them. Um, right? You see, uh, you know, I think the first time ever, you know, 
uh, U.S. government, you know, Biden's plan to do stress tests and these kinds of things. You know, these things only happen right after As a result. when people sort of worry about it. So yeah. I think it's sort of if you're going to get uh, people organized to prepare and plan for these kinds of events, which are really going to make or break your uh, product organization in the long run, or they can. Um, I think now's the time, right? Um, now's the time to sort of organize people and everyone will recognize that it's an important thing to do. So I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, these are, um, you know, once you take a step back and think about that, these are the keys to your long-term success. Uh, and that now is the time, yeah, now is the time to act and prepare. Uh, that's uh, maybe is enough to motivate people. That's true. It's true. Jeanette, what do you think? Um, yeah, so um, so I, um, I I think there is a, a you, you should just a, a constantly be alert, right? So you never know what is the next thing. It's now with all the technologies, a lot of our businesses are depending on the technology, right? Mm -hmm. So what if you have an electricity outreach? And what if you have a computer um, uh, system um, disruption, right? What if you have a hack in your system? So there, now in one way that we got much more efficient, we got the um, uh, very productive, but, but on the other hand, we're increasingly very vulnerable, right? Yeah. Like, uh, um, uh, so some people, so a lot of people think about, oh, you look at this uh, um, uh, globalization, right? Now uh, we don't have chips. So now let's uh, um, uh, move the global supply chain to local supply chain. Yeah, uh, reactive, very reactive. Supply chain, you'll have, a, you'll have fire, you'll have earthquake. Then you don't have anything. So you, you just want it to be... Um, you want to have the cushion, you want to have the, uh, you, you want to map the world, the possibilities and plan better and, and not just rely on single source, a single resource. You want it to, uh, uh, to have a portfolio of your resources. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Uh, Jordan, Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us on the Transform TV podcast series. Hopefully we'll have you again and we'll have conversations. And I, I, I do think that you're right, Jordan, what you just said as well about the fact that maybe this is the impetus for us to plan better. Now that we've been going through this crisis, maybe executives will start to take this very seriously and plan for uh, the next Black Swan event, which hopefully won't be for a very long time. Um, I want to thank you for being on here. For those of you watching at home, we'll see you again soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Marie, for, for the opportunity. It's a great Thank pleasure. You.